Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Wow, KIP Nation, this is the second week in April. Time is flying past us. We are already approaching the spring of this year. As a matter of fact, spring has already started on March 27th. So we are in it, and uh, the year seems like it's moving by faster and faster, Um, but God is still with us. Listen, Kip Nation, I want to thank you guys for tuning in again today. Today we have a real special word uh, that kind of ties into what we've been talking about as it relates to being an entrepreneur, but I want to go a little further, a little further, because I mentioned some concepts that I believe are critical to successful entrepreneurs, successful Christians, pastors, authors, lawyers, doctors, janitors, mothers, fathers, uncles, anybody who is in the business of decision-making, decision-making. Students make decisions every day, so this is good for you as well, but Uh, Decision-making can be a very difficult process if we don't understand how to make mature decisions, how to make mature decisions. Um, That's not going to be the total crux of my word, but today I, I just want to seal an understanding that we need a word. The heavens, the earth, everything was framed by the word of God. God said, let there be. And just those three words began to reorder matter as we know it. And the universe as we know it today began to form. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't believe in the creation story, but I'm, I'm, I believe in it. I've read this uh, book over and over again, the book of Genesis. It is probably one of the most prolific books ever written by a man from God, given and inspired by God. And um, it tells a story. It tells a story that's bigger than 
arguing over Big Bang Theory versus evolution versus creationism. It's a story of love. And um, I'm not going to deviate and get into that today, but the bottom line is the world needed a word. The world, uh, the known world, the world that has shaped the world that we walk on and live in today needed a word in order to come into fruition, to be what it is today. Uh, Humanity, on the converse, was not necessarily spoken uh, into existence by a word, but... We live by word. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So I want to talk from the topic, we need a word. We need a word. And I mean, these are these are trying times. Come on, everybody. Everybody that's listening today, you know, between your personal issues, we have personal issues with our our spouses sometimes, with our bosses sometimes, with our children sometimes, with ourselves. You know, some of, one of the worst enemies that we can possibly have is the enemy within me. That's when we battle against ourselves and uh, battle negative behavioral patterns and do stupid stuff and then call on God and ask him to help us uh, through the situation. And you all know what I am talking about. We don't have to pretend or act as if no sin have we done or we've never thought wrong or did wrong or said wrong or you know will smith the oscars did wrong uh, chris rock maybe shouldn't have said what he said so it, it just depends on which vantage point that you look at it from it was all a a a, a erroneous night if you will particularly uh for those two individuals and our community but let, let's let's get past that and understand that we need a word. Let me say this, and then I'm going to backtrack a little bit. One of the greatest kingdom concepts I've ever been exposed to uh, was given to me by my spiritual father, Bishop Paul McLaughlin, and many, many years ago, I want to say 20 years ago, he taught a concept called divine initiative. And when he taught this concept, it completely reordered my understanding of the Bible and my own personal life. Divine initiative is the release of God's verbal grace. This is my definition. Divine, divine initiative is the release of God's verbal grace. In other words, it's God's permission to do a thing. It is a simple uh, a definition. God's permission to do a thing. In other words, when we operate in the earth. The earth is part of the kingdom. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. We live in the natural realm, but it is superimposed upon by the kingdom realm. And the kingdom realm is the realm that is eternal than heaven. So understand this, that at the end of the day, it is what God says that matters. So when we talk about divine initiative, it is getting permission. It is a word from God. It is a direction direction from God. It is a directive from God. It is a motivating factor from God. It is uh, a life-changing uh, uh, direction or guidance, a point of guidance from God. It, when you have a divine initiative, it's literally God speaking into your life. And that's why I said earlier that when we think about divine initiative, I want you to think about this. 
Divine initiative is the release of God's verbal grace. It's the ability to do what we couldn't do unless God told us that we could do it. So watch this. Watch this. Uh, wow. The ability to do what you couldn't do without the will of God working through you is important. Divine initiative goes against the grain of church. And, and what do I mean by that? Divine initiative is kingdom. What this thing that Bishop taught me was a kingdom mandate. Let me give you some examples and then I'll go back and talk a little bit about church and my journey. And, and maybe at the end, you'll understand why we need a word. Adam needed a word. Adam uh, was being shown the massive real estate uh, project that God had. He was being mentored by God, uh, walking through his onboarding process, if you will. And God tells him, that of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat, for in the day that thou shalt eat, in the day that thou shalt eat of it, thou shalt surely die. So catch that. That is a, of critical importance for Adam. Of course, he missed the boat. We all understand that. But not only did he tell him about the tree, did he give him a word about what would happen if he ate the tree? And we all know that that was a true word because God does not lie. But also... The fact that God met him and told him that I need you to do two things. You've heard me say this before, but I want you to get in your spirit this week to, to tend and to keep. The word tend meaning to manage, uh, to procure. The word uh, keep meaning to secure, to guard, to protect. Okay, So when we look at those things, Adam's life was instructed or given to him by God. And God told him exactly what he wanted him to do. All right. Abraham, Abraham didn't just get up and just leave his father's house. The Lord told him in Genesis chapter 12 to get up, leave your father's house, go to a land that I will show you and I will make your name great. Now I'm paraphrasing, but I just want you to get the feel that none of these men just got up and did what they wanted to do. Neither did the women in the Bible. And I could have just went through uh, Mary's life and Hannah's life and uh, Elizabeth's life and uh, just so many uh, characters in the Bible uh, who have been led by God, both male and female. Uh, Moses uh, didn't just get up one day and decide, he, well, he did. And you see what happened. Initially, when Moses decided that he was going to lead the children of Israel, you heard me right, he decided. Yeah, it was literally a disaster when he decided that he was going to lead the children of Israel. They didn't want to follow him. They didn't want to listen to him. Why? Because his timing was premature. He decided that he was going to lead, but he was not successful until God found him uh, in the wilderness uh, 40 years later and told him, now it's time to lead. And that brings me to a point that timing is everything. But uh, uh, Noah also he didn't just go up and decide to build a boat. There hadn't been rain in years. So he built the boat at the discretion of God. Jesus, when he came into the earth, even though he was the son of God, when it was time for him to be revealed, the Lord had him to be baptized and came down from heaven. A dove came up from heaven. A voice from heaven spoke. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And we know that Jesus went on to do great things. But all of these things that he did were prophesied in the Old Testament, manifested in the New Testament, because he only did what his father wanted him to do. Uh, the disciples, they didn't just start 
being disciples and following Jesus. They they literally were received an invitation and, and found the Messiah. Yeah, but the Messiah said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Barnabas and Saul in Acts 13 were praying, ministering to the Lord. And, and literally the Holy Spirit said, I have need of you. And the two of them then went on to go and teach the Jews. I, I'm making precedent and I'm setting precedent because the Bible sets precedent that in order to really live a kingdom life, a kingdom life, we have to live according to the word of God and according to his will. And yes, God will speak to you. He will shape your steps. He will order your steps through the word of God. Uh, he may not speak to you verbally, but you will get answers and you will get direction as you get to know him, as you study the word, as you pray, as you seek the face of God, you will understand how he communicates with you. Because everyone has their own individual relationship with God and God is God enough to have individual relationships with 8 billion people in the world if they so desire. So let's let's talk what I let's reiterate what I said earlier. Divine initiative goes against the grain of church. It goes against the grain of church. In 1999, I was comfortable in my church. Uh, I was living in a custom home. Uh, after spending two years, I spent two years jet-setting between the DMV and the tri-state area. I was pastoring a leading historic church with ties to the Hampton Ministers Conference and the Connecticut Missionary Baptist Convention. Lastly, I was a trusted advisor at both ecclesiastical and political decision-making roundtables. So, in essence, from a pastoral point of view, I had it going on. I mean... Everything was rolling. Everything was smooth. We have, did we have some rocky times? Every pastor has rocky times, sure. That had times that uh, make, make you wonder whether or not you should continue to pastor. Of course. But let me say this. By church standards, I was seemingly good to go. But God asked me a kingdom-influencing question. Would I forsake all to start a church from nothing? Would I forsake all to start a church from nothing? That rocked my world. I mean, you heard what I had, what, what, you know, the, the setup I had, and now you want me to start a church from nothing with who, with what, my wife, my kids, my father-in-law. So I got, let's see, my wife is one, my kids were four, that's five, my father-in-law six. So it was six of us, seven of us all together. Well, I guess that was enough. Seven is the number of completeness. But here's the deal. In 1995, and I started pastoring in 1995 in the summer in the fall of 1995. But I got a call to the church in the uh, summer of 1995. I thought I forsook all when I left uh, my profession as an educator in Maryland to pastor the very same church I'm talking about now. I was I was already being asked to leave. I was asked to leave Maryland, asked to leave my my career, and and follow this pattern of, of being a pastor. So that doesn't make sense, but neither does kingdom. Kingdom doesn't make sense because God's ways are not like our ways. They're as far as the heavens are from the earth. So here's what I'm trying to get at. When God talks to you, when God speaks to you through his word, through the Bible, through other people, when he speaks to you, it may not make sense, but you need to do 
whatever it is he's telling you to do. Because when you do that, you will transition from being a, a church-minded individual to a kingdom-minded individual. You will uh, transition from having a secular worldview to a biblical worldview. Uh, as you begin to understand that God is in control of everything and you want his blessing, so you want to do what he tells you to do. So let me give you some differences between kingdom and the church. Besides, the kingdom sometimes doesn't make sense but, and the, the church seems to make sense, but it really doesn't in the light of what God is really trying to do on the earth. And I'll explain that a little later. Kingdom is unfettered. The church is tied to people and tradition. Kingdom explores untapped places for reasons not yet understood. Church sits in the confines of comfort while refusing to change. Now, when I talk about church and kingdom, every church has the ability to operate in the kingdom, but some churches operate according to the kingdom, while some churches operate more according to uh, religious and social mores. We have to understand that. And so every church is in the kingdom, but every church does not operate according to the kingdom. Maybe that's a better way to understand it. So the first thing you need to do is find yourself a good church home that operates according to the kingdom mandate. And you'll be able to see the difference. The freedom of the church, the love of the church, the warmth of the church, the direction of the church, the the liveliness of the church. The church is alive. The word uh, pricks your heart, your mind, and your soul. You you know the difference. You you know it's not a bunch of just rituals and same old same old. It's God moving by His power. It's it's God's hand in the earth. It's it's the uh, uh, apostolic move of God that alters the way you think and how you feel and the way you treat other people. That's kingdom. All right. So beware when you're in one of those places that's just a religious place but there's no freedom there's no hint that god is going to show up you're not expecting anything to happen you're going to go through your ritual you got so many minutes to get it done when those minutes are over time's up everybody out the door all right there you go that i hope that helped a few people so so watch this genesis 1 shows us where the presence of kingdom shapes the reality with the word from the lord the kingdom, the presence of the kingdom, the presence of the king of the kingdom shapes the reality of the entire world with the word of the Lord. In a true kingdom relationship, which is what we all should have, not just going to church, but the church living inside of us, alive, making people around us alive, letting our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. In a true kingdom relationship or what we call salvation, God makes decisions and we follow the plans he has for our lives. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. How will we survive uh, future or transition, future pandemics, wars, racism, life-threatening illnesses, divisions, life-changing decisions, and new frontiers and opportunities? Surely not by virtue of suicide or drugs or chasing the bag or securing the bag, alcohol or other addictive behavioral patterns 
will never tame your inner insatiable need to know who God is. See, those who know their God shall do great exploits. Let me share something with you because I remember when I was wilding out. And one of the things that I remember is that even though I was wilding out, I still knew God. So watch this. Romans 1, 18 through 21, as we get ready to close today. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. In other words, we know that we're doing wrong. When I was cutting a fool and out there doing whatever I was big enough to do, I knew I was wrong. I didn't need my parents telling me wrong. I didn't need my sister telling me I was wrong or my friends. I knew I was wrong. There's something about wrong that, watch this, that doesn't feel right. So here's what he says. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Hence, religion. Religion is man's way of worshiping God. Because we don't want to abide by his ways and abide by his word and live according to his word, we decide to do what we want to do. And you see that today in our society. People just want to do what they want to do. So here we go. As a result, their minds have become darkened and confused. So here's what I'm saying as I close today. As far as I can remember, I knew there was a God. Even when I was crazy and wilding out, deep down inside, I knew. And as I matured and watched him, he reshaped my life. It was a journey, but I found him and he changed my life. Someone out there today needs your life reshaped needs to be your life to be changed well let me say this now let me say this better yet maybe he didn't i didn't find him maybe he found me but my life was never and has never been the same with every high and every low i don't regret that decision because it altered my trajectory and delivered me from myself and my own destructive behavior. There is a word from the Lord. It's in his Bible. We have 66 books of wisdom and love written in this book to help us with our daily activity with society and culture and all of his challenges and all of his ills and all of his opposition and all of his opportunities. I always tell you where there's opposition, there's opportunity. But in order to take advantage of the opportunity, what I'm closing out with today is that we need a word. Hey, you've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. You know what I want you to do. I want you to go forth and influence the world. God bless. Have a good day.